Good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to another episode of the FCFC Pod. Coming to you live and direct from Exposition Park as usual, my name is Dweez. I'm rolling solo today, no Slim, no Josh. Uh, this afternoon's pod is another classic shotgun pod where I try to give you guys a glimpse into what life is like as a sports reporter during the pandemic, what better place to do that than at the first game back at the bank? LAFC hosting the Galaxy in the first ever closed door derby um, that is in California. We obviously know that they played in Orlando. As usual, we don't get into much of the actual happenings in the game. Keep it football culture focused um, and kind of the culture of the reporters and the media so often you know, derided. Uh, anyone who has an opinion or, or, or access can can sort of be pushed aside. And I wanted to give you some of their insights into what life was like trying to cover the sports. We talked to uh, Gio Garcia, who was in the booth beside me uh, in, in a kind of the new makeshift LAFC press box situation on the sunset deck. Uh, he hosts this LA Soccer Hub podcast, which you can find him on Twitter and Instagram too. Yeah, we got DMX playing in Expo Park right now too. What better, what better way to keep it going? We also talked to Dylan Hernandez of the LA Times. Great voice for that paper. Covers a lot of sports. I've always liked his columns about LAFC. Uh, I like the style he writes with. He gave some great insights into what it was like um, to report. And then, of course, Greg Beecham of the Associated Press, who's covered the team for longer than I have, I believe. Um, And I see him around a lot. He's just a quality, quality reporter who had to run off and and go to the Rams' first practice at SoFi Stadium down in Inglewood, like, at the end of the interview. So, yeah, we talk about the weirdness of being in the stadium without the 32-52. We talk about the ins and outs of what it's like to, to record sports now, and I give you guys kind of a glimpse into how our boy Al Rate we gonna be all right uh sort of put on a a show and all the people at lafc who helped bring this to life uh in the best way that they can obviously i I give some of my thoughts on how how bizarre it all is but uh yeah i hope you guys enjoy this glimpse Uh, you were all missed missed being there but yeah it was not not the bank as you as you normally expect it so uh, shout out to everyone who made it happen in in the middle of a pandemic hope you guys enjoy the episode i don't think there's too much cursing but there might be a little bit um yeah there's a couple of surprise pop-in guests in there uh so i hope you enjoy those peace y'all fcfc What's up, y'all? This is Dweez. I'm here at 
Bank of California Stadium. It's empty. You guys recognize the song in the background. I'm looking at faces on this TV screen over here digitally. Seeing Pat. Seeing familiar faces, new faces. It's about a minute before the players come out. August 22nd, they're playing the Galaxy. Got the Sambas at my feet. Here with a few other press folks on the uh, impromptu press box, outdoor press box, safe press box in the sunset deck. It feels super different. We've all been to preseason games here, but you got Al Rate hitting the switches. Scarves up is there, but there's no one here to put their scarves up. It's really surreal. The Galaxy are here to play, but in the place where the away supporters usually go, there's a big sign that says Black Lives Matter. We know they're trying to make this as like a match day as it can be, but feels like an empty ride at Disneyland in a way. Like you're the only one on the roller coaster. And it makes the roller coaster feel a lot more scary than fun. I'm grateful to get a chance to be here, and I know so many people wish they could be here in person, but I promise to those listening, as I watch all the LAFC players hand their masks, to Jeff, one of the team managers, and get ready for their photo of the starting 11, that it's just different. It's just different. It's different than the bank you remember. Um, I know we all look forward to the day that it's not different. I'm looking at the players now go out. Probably the starting 11 we'd expect, aside from Poncho, starting for uh, Edward Atuesta. I mean, here's who they are. Goalkeeper number one, Kenneth. Defender number 27, Tristan. I stepped outside of the... Defender number four, Eddie. Defender number five, Dan. Defender number 12, 
They even have the people. Yeah, they even, I stepped outside of the box, the box part. I'm out in the stadium now. You can tell it's really loud. They got the volume cranked. I wonder if, if this is making the players feel like there's more of an atmosphere. But they even had those calling in on Zoom shout out the last names of the players in the starting 11. Match is about to start here. Some of the sounds having an issue, but there it goes again. Here we go again. The only 22 people. Well, twenty-five. Only twenty-five people I can see without a mask on are the are the players and the three referees standing for black sitting for Black Lives Matter, kneeling for Black Lives Matter right now. They're kneeling for Black Lives Matter right now. Ball got kicked, we're underway. I'll get back with you guys at halftime. I'm here with uh, Gio Garcia in an empty Bank of California stadium. Yeah. Gio, what does this feel like? It's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. At first it was cool to see everything, but it's, hard, it's very hard to replicate the 3252. Um, I know that we have the pump noise in here, but overall, man, I'm just happy to be back after six months, you know, of last time being at a live sporting event. This is pretty cool. I feel very, very helped. Very happy and very grateful to be back, obviously, with you guys and all the other media members. And no better way to kick it off than with uh, LAFC versus LA Galaxy. Unfortunately, we can't have any fans. We obviously know this rivalry lives off the fans. And that's that's obviously one of the biggest benefits. But, I mean, we have to take we have to take soccer or football, whatever you want to call it, right now with no fans. And, you know, we, we, you and I and the rest of the media members are just so lucky to be here. Yeah. So, tell me this. What's and I and I feel you on the like the first 15 minutes were kind of cool. It was sort of interesting, and that's sort of worn off now. And um, we're back to thinking about how strange it is in a way. 
But what's been on your mind? Like you're a sports reporter, you like love sports. I know you cover like lots of different different sports. What's been on your mind as a reporter, like during all of this, and like have you felt like how uncertain it is that like you can you know keep producing stuff because there was no sports? Like tell me a little bit about how it's been for you personally. Yeah, for me personally, obviously, I, I think just like anybody, everybody else, like the first like month or a couple of weeks ago, like there was uncertainty, like. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was true, like how serious this was or wasn't, you know. So now I think now we're, we're at a place where I think we have a better understanding, like after like six months. Like I said, anything like health comes first, but we've seen that certain things work, you know. And I, to me, I just feel healthy, happy that, you know, no one, no one in my family, anybody has been necessarily affected by this. And it's unfortunate that, you know, there have been families that have been affected by that. You know, obviously sports and, you know, what you and I do come second to, to our health and everything. But, you know, I'm just grateful. Just grateful to be here. Grateful to, you know, still be healthy and, you know, still be able to cover soccer and do what we do. And just, I think a lot of perspective has happened within my within the last six months of what what's really important, who's considered essential. You know, just different things that I didn't know about that. But overall, just very happy, very grateful. And I, I'm going to tell you this, I will never, ever, ever take going to a live sporting event for granted ever, ever again. Man. That's some real talk. Yeah, real ever, talk. ever again. Gio, you're, what's your, the best place people can follow so, you? So, uh, I just rebranded, so I'm at LA Soccer Hub, so uh, just content focusing both on LAFC and LA Galaxy, you know, just having, uh, just creating digital content on both teams. Obviously, we're based in LA, and just going on that, and I'd like to have you on cool. on my podcast as well. Yeah, well, that's it's Gio. I'm here with them. We've been covering LAFC together for a few years now, and LA Soccer Hub is the Instagram, is the Twitter, is the is the website, is the show, is the pod. So check that out. And uh, there's a corner kick underway. Me and Gio are going to continue watching the game, and uh, I'll talk to some more sports reporter folks shortly. Half is winding down, first half. It's kind of funny in the recording of the 3252, sometimes it sounds like there's like a whistle. And sometimes it seems like the players almost hesitate when they hear that whistle. Because um, they think it's a referee whistle. Jump Rally Football Club had just come on. Now they're playing Dolly Dolly Black and Gold to, to end it out. It's 1 0 right now to the Galaxy. Oh man. Some, some shoddy fouls in this one. Uh, Mark Anthony Kay, Chiki Palacios, and Segura just got kind of a strange interaction with LeJet. Definitely has not been a pretty game, but um, I'm about to talk to some more reporters see what their life's been like. We'll be back. Cool. So we're back. FCFC pod. Talking about uh, being in a weird, empty Bank of California stadium for the first game back. Dylan, I know you cover a lot of sports. I'm here with Dylan Hernandez of the LA Times. Uh, He and Kevin Baxter, who I'll speak to here in a second, are sharing one of these, uh, I think they're called the Sunset deck boxes it's not our normal press box situation but man like what has this been like for you 
today, first of all? Well, I was excited to come here, honestly, just because I've been trapped at home and my kids yeah. are doing distance learning now. So, like, that's like the worst thing that's ever happened to my family. Um, you know, and so, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because I've been to, I think this is the fourth venue that I've been to, mm-hmm. right, where I've kind of covered something live in person. I went to the Santa Anita Racetrack. Okay. I went to Dodger Stadium, and I went to a Chargers training camp, uh, mm. first day of training camp about a week ago. Okay. And it's kind of the same thing. Every time the night before, you know, I've been w- I wake up at like five in the morning because right. I'm kind of excited. Honestly, excited. Yeah, feels yeah. like you're starting a new job, right? Sure. Um, yeah. This is by far the weirdest one because yeah. this place you're used to when you get here. You know, by the time you're here, the the fans are already behind the north end zone, kind of jumping up and down, and like mm-hmm. it's just like nothing here, right? Yeah. And I mean, all sports have been to some degree kind of weird, but this one, you really feel. I think. For sure, I, I I feel you on that too. I was thinking the same thing. The first 15 minutes were kind of cool to see how they set up everything and how they were channeling the crowd noise. And then after that, it was sort of like, okay, this isn't this is now straight bleeding from cool to weird. Yeah, well, it sounds recorded, right? That the the, noise, the crowd noise that they're piping in, because well, the baseball is using actually sound from um, the video game the show oh. and it sounds I remember at some point I turned to Jorge Castillo our beat writer and I said this sounds like a video game and he's like yeah that's because it's that's an what actual it, it's actual oh sound from wow. a video game and you know this one kind of sounds like a movie yeah uh, and you kind of look at the game itself I mean it looks like you're down like at the Del Mar Fairgrounds or something yeah, for yeah, the yeah. surf cup right I mean sure. that's what this kind of feels like it's like yeah. you're watching a movie maybe yeah. about the surf cup so has so has this experience like just everything you described being at home with your kids and everything like has it changed the way you look at sports like has sports in the relationship it has in your life changed obviously in your work there's some practical changes but I mean like you know what I'm saying like do you yeah. has that evolved or changed in any way I am actually um, enjoying watching baseball for like maybe the first time in my life hmm. which is weird right because I I covered it as a beat for eight years and yep. right it kind of made my really cut my teeth professionally on that mm-hmm. beat. Uh, but it, I was never like a real huge like baseball fan. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of watched it because it was my job to watch it. Um, I'm actually enjoying it. I mm-hmm. like having it on every night. You know, I, and, and baseball, I think, is like a great sport in the sense that, you know, for example, when Vince Scully retired, and people would tell, people would call into like the, the local radio shows to talk about Vin. Um, a lot of it was... You know, yeah, I remember, you know, being out in the garage with my dad fixing the car and we'd have been in the background or, you know, somebody would say like, yeah, I remember being in the kitchen with my mom and we'd have been in the background. Yeah. You know, baseball, it's kind of background. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. elevator music totally, almost, yeah. right? And so, yeah, I'm not watching every pitch by any means, but mm-hmm. I like kind of having it kind yeah. of in the background. And, There's something like comforting about yeah, it. Yeah, and then, when, you know, and then Joe Davis gets excited or, mm-hmm. you know, if it's an Angels game, uh, Shohei Otani comes up and yeah. I'm interested in watching that or... You know, Mookie Betts comes up, and there are little things to kind of, okay, I'm going to turn over now. But, yeah, I've, I've actually, that's kind of the, the biggest one. I've, I really enjoy baseball, you know. Yes. And I guess um, maybe part of it has to do, too, is I'm not that picky about my baseball. Mm. Um, whereas, like, soccer, because I think right now, when you watch this sport, um, everybody's spacing is all messed up, right? Yeah. I mean, you even watch these games in Europe, whatever, you know, some champions, whatever, and it, like, looks like... It looks off. Yeah, it looks, it looks like off. they're in training camp, right? That they're, sure. they're timing and the space is all kind of off. And, you know, I think Bob Bradley touched on this not too long ago about, right, in the call this week mm. or just a couple of days ago about how, yeah, you know, they're, right, it's hard. You can't really... How do you get all that synced up when you're not playing? Mm. Um, 
you know, so I guess like maybe in that, right, and even with the basketball too, I think mm-hmm. that there are little things that you can kind of tell, right? I mean, the, the fact that there's no home court advantage now, uh, yeah. which is so big in basketball. Right. And there was no, I mean, there was that, that report that came out about the German league and how in the German soccer league, the Bundesliga, when it came back, there wasn't the normal right. home advantage that you had seen, like someone pushed the stats, I think it was a New York Times piece, that pushed the stats and like, okay, yeah, there's no, the, the home court advantage has gone. In fact, I think home teams were less likely to win. Right, um, yeah. So some of that stuff gets like, yeah, so I think, up. you know, that there's certain parts of it, like the momentum swings in basket, the basketball have not seemed as drastic as it's mm. been in the past. Uh, you know, and in soccer, again, like just the play, just seems a little sloppier, yeah. right? There's something about it that's not quite tight, so. Yeah. You know, but from, overall, but overall, you're happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, All for right, sure. Man. What's up, Larry? You know, so from uh, from that standpoint, I guess, like with baseball, like, I guess I'm not that picky about it, so yeah. I can kind of enjoy it maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, this is, I'm here with Dylan Hernandez. We're in a very strange Bank of California Stadium experience. But like you, I mean, I'm grateful to be here. I'm glad to be here. But it is so, so strange. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially the stadium. Well, you wonder, too, what this means afterwards. You know, um, you Darvish, uh, you know, the former Dodgers pitcher who's now with the Cubs, mm-hmm. uh, has this blog. It's in Japanese, whatever. But he was kind of writing about you know, what it's like in the locker room right now, you know, with, with all the COVID mm. protocols and stuff. But one thing he talked about was the media, right? Mm. He says, like, yeah, that's, like, the one big difference that you notice. And he was kind of foreseeing this, like, he's like, this is going to be a problem because the, as players, honestly, this is much easier for us. You yeah, they never want to go it. back. Yeah. yeah. And, gonna, yeah. you know, uh, in baseball's case especially, the collective bargaining agreement's coming up. Um, you know, and that's a concession that the league might be willing to make to get a concession out of the players, uh, because actually media access is something that the league is pushed. You know, mm-hmm. and, and of all the sports, baseball has the best access, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's of the major sports, mm-hmm. bar none. So, I think that if baseball starts kind of giving that up, it's actually bad for everybody. Yeah. You know, and right. I mean, I think that there was a thing, right? A little flap with like Grant Wall earlier, yeah. right, a few months ago, yeah. where he kind of said like, "So what? Well, whatever." And there, there was a reason everybody kind of pushed back against that. It's like, no, 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 we don't, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always said, though, you know, uh, Tony Clark of, of the Players Union, who's the head of the Players Union, used to drop by, or still does, drops by every spring training camp uh, years ago, and he kind of talked about the thing that, yeah, we actually want to, like, further reduce your thing, you know, mm. and I told him, go ahead, kick us out completely. We will cover you the way the Europeans cover soccer, mm-hmm. which is, you're just leaving me to my imagination. Yeah. And right? rumors and just yeah, running with right? the Yeah, right, yeah, because I remember, yeah. like, I think it was, like, who was it? I think it was like Van Persie, right? Mm-hmm. He had complained like in one of those like post-game like TV interviews yeah. that like Rooney was basically getting like in like, you know, kind of intercepting passes that should have been going to him just because right. of where he was stationed and stuff. And people and, just grabbed that. Yeah, so, and it was like, yeah, so, you know, it's like, oh, he wants to be sold, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, the dude just signed like a five-year extension, mm-hmm. you know, so... I mean, it, it is more like fiction writing at that point than nonfiction writing. Yeah, well, and here's the thing too, right? It's it actually, uh, you know, and I say this as somebody who is occasionally fairly critical of the right. people that I cover. Right. Um, I go down to the locker room. I give people the opportunity to, the way I look at it, like I'm giving them the opportunity to defend themselves, yeah, right? Explain themselves. And they're, the you know, I'll say this, like even last night, like Paul George. It could have been a lot worse for him, mm-hmm. but he was like, yeah, I'm playing terribly. And you're like, okay, well, what? <laughs> I'm only going to take it out on him so much at that point, right? Right, Because right. he's, he's kind of... He's like, admitting not, it. He's admitting yeah. it, yeah. yeah and so it, that whole process, actually, I think really kind of defangs the media a lot mm. in terms of, like, it, depending on, again, the way the guy handles it. Uh, you know, and most guys, the ones that get, like, you know, they've been in the league around enough, they kind of know, okay, if I, as long as I just, like, say what's obviously true... 
yet, you know, it won't be as bad. And yeah. so I am kind of actually imagining a scenario where, you know, players will be running up to the press box to that'd be a great this change. is what's happening yeah they, right? run, they run to us yeah. they, they have to wait for us to uh, our time windows to open yeah. up well what's always what always happens in those cases though the agents wind yeah. up getting in the right being the middleman yeah. you know and it's just different i just i i do miss that part right as yeah. the the locker room interactions and you know it's actually really cool that you and i can sit here mm. right stand here talking like this just for because sure. it feels great um you know but i miss you know right the, the row of us and as the game's going on we can joke and whatever you know you know kevin's a very like um work focused person yeah right he he's, locked he's, he's locked in right yeah. i am not ever locked in yeah and so i like to just blurt out stuff yeah. and like hey look at that you know and i like people mm-hmm. you know cracking jokes back and all that kind of stuff so like yeah, yeah. i really miss that part of it yeah. right because a lot of it is kind of the, well no i feel like that for your writing and i love your writing and like the columns that you produce but it it, it brings that levity as well and some of like the fun and the playfulness yeah, into the yeah. writing where it's kind of hard to do that again when you're just like kind of locked in a room on a screen by yourself and you kind of lose some of this in-person stuff and we're getting some of that here but it is different yeah because i mean the truth is like we do workshop these things yeah. in the press box right yeah. and it's like you say something can i say that is this too much yeah. can, I, can i say right, that yeah. Yeah. or if somebody laughs at a stupid joke that you say you're like okay I'm, yeah, <laughs> maybe exactly. that'll work maybe in that's print, not, right yeah, maybe i can't put that um, so you're yeah and you can't quite do that anymore so that's kind of weird because it's i've been using my wife actually yeah and she's just like and please she, don't ask she doesn't me. she doesn't read she <laughs> okay. doesn't watch sports yeah, yeah does not read anything that i write yeah you that's know. a good relationship to have that's the same relationship i have with my spouse yeah so. well you know i kind of used her more you know this thing i had like this father-son boxing thing and i'm mm-hmm. always like very like self-conscious of like if i write something like kind of nice for a change like is it is it going to come across as like too sappy? Does it feel forced? Yeah. You know, does yeah. it not feel real? Because like Plashki is phenomenal at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? He Which, knows- by the way, shout out to Plashki for overcoming. He got he, yes, he got he sick did. with COVID he, and, and he got sick yeah. with COVID and, and he, he's he wrote he a lived. great piece about it and he he's he's good now. So he I'm did. happy about yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, because we were. We were pretty worried, man. That, yeah. that's, uh, was that the, first, the closest person to you that had? had yes, for sure. Had yeah, yeah. And I, I knew it was kind of weird because, uh, you know, he and I probably talk. I mean, we, there, there are a lot of the weeks where we talk literally every day, yeah. right? And so I went a few days without hearing from him, and I'm you know, I thought, like, well, that's kind of weird. But, you know, he never, you know, he's a busy guy, too. So I thought, didn't think anything of it. And he calls to tell me, basically. He's like, yeah, this is, like, really bad. I got, I got it, man. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, so, no. I mean, it seemed like it was not, it was yeah. not a great experience for yeah. him at all. Yeah. So, so we're glad he's okay. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing, right? It's like you just feel, at that point now, it's like, do you even feel comfortable going to lunch with people? Yeah. Right? Because like, that's where, yeah, that's what he brought up is yeah. he went outside to eat and right. probably contracted it there. Yeah, and in my case, you know, my parents live like a mile away from me, and they're very involved in my kids' lives. And mm-hmm. so we're kind of, the good thing, actually, the distance learning, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. I at least get to, we split them up every yeah. day. Yeah. Right? So I take one and they take one. And yeah, you know, like obviously if something, if I get something, it could go to my parents and. Yep. You know, I mean, obviously, if they died, I'd be very sad, but it would also be very inconvenient. For me. Yeah. On, a, on a more, even more selfish level. <laughs> right. yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, so you're just kind of worried about all that. It's just, it's, it's terrible right yeah. now because you don't know how long this is going to last, honestly. True. You know, and then I think also that, you know, a lot of the Zoom stuff has actually been pretty convenient, mm-hmm. honestly, right? You can jump on any, you can be like totally not in work mode. Mm-hmm. And then you'll hear, hey, so-and-so's talking in five minutes, and you kind of just, I, I needed Mookie Betts a couple of weeks ago, 
the B writer tells me, hey, like he, hey, he's going to be on in he's going to be on in five minutes. Bam. You Got can just him. jump right on it, yeah. right? You don't have to go to awesome. the stadium. Yeah. So, I do think that there's going to be when we come out of this, maybe you know, for the good or for the bad, it's going to change things a little bit. But also, you just kind of wonder, like, how long is this going to go? And it's not, you know, because here's the truth, too, right? It's that we all got into this, like, because it's fun. Yeah. This is, this, like, the main reason we got into this business. And is it still is fun? It's because it's fun. No, it's not fun. It's terrible. <laughs> that's what I was going to get. Yeah, at. that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, again, you don't have the camaraderie with your, with your you know, with your colleagues. Um, you know, travel's basically gone. There's no point in, you know, I think we're skipping the Dodgers series right now. And mm-hmm. I think they're in San Francisco right now, right? Yeah. Or they were. Mm-hmm. And, like, we skipped that. Um, yeah, and even if you can travel, like, what are you going to do? Like, just sit in your hotel room in, like, Denver? Like, this, you know? No, that sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah. And, you know, and again, too, it's kind of going into the locker rooms and actually getting to know these athletes, right? And kind of the whole process of, like, yeah, and you know. Yeah, in your case, like, being able to interact with Chicago might inform your piece or some, like, yeah. something that, like, a fan says to you outside. You guys have, you right. know what I mean? There's, like, yeah. there's so much more than sports. Like, sports, when it's isolated, is, like, super detached from... Yeah, well, and also, too, like, I think, like, from, from you know, from, like, a business standpoint, right? Even just, like, in terms of, like, what we do and what we sell. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I know Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's so it's not just like you know I'm not just like some guy at home like watching this guy pitch like I mean, granted I mean he's he's a fairly guarded guy, right. and, but I've seen him up close for more than a decade, and we've had arguments, yeah. you know we've also talked about things that are I think pretty important to us, and mm-hmm. you know all these There's things a kind of there that informs right, and all that kind of informs like okay this is what this person is going through as you know he's kind of going through these stages of his careers right and yeah. you know at one point he was dealing with injuries and then it's about be- right the failures in the postseason and becoming old and all these things um i feel like can give the reader more than just kind of some guy on the couch from the of standpoint course. of yeah. like i know the person and you know already i think um you know like these clubhouses are nicer now access is getting more and more restricted i think it's a lot harder for young kids right now breaking into the business kind of to get to know people, you know. I'm mm-hmm. thinking right now, it's just harder to get that time with people, right? Like, Corey Seager might be, like, the last guy that I kind of know. That you get know. to know? Everyone yeah. else from here on out is Yeah, and even, like, with Seager, it's kind of more, you know, I didn't really cover him as a beat guy. And so he's, like, a guy that he knows, like, once or twice a year he has to kind of deal with, right? I don't yeah. ask for him too much. He does make time for me, but... You know, um, yeah, beyond that, like the younger players, I really don't know that well. I'm not sure I'm ever going to get to know them. Which is kind of a trip. Yeah. 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 Wow. So. Well, shoot, man. I think the game's getting back the game's on. game's getting back on. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to keep talking to reporters here. Think about the culture of the sports reporter changing forever. Thanks, Dylan. No. So we're back. Game's still going on. Galaxy just scored their second. Um, looks like legit, and uh, I'm here with Greg Beecham. Beecham. Uh, he writes for the AP. He's been covering LAFC as long as I have, and he was just mentioning to me um, he's about to cruise down to SoFi Stadium, the new Rams Stadium down in Inglewood for for the first practice. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, first uh, scrimmage. Yeah. So I mean. You're still jumping around and reporting on teams. Like, what has it been like for you being a reporter during the pandemic? It's really surreal. I mean, you, you don't realize how much of a part of everything the fans are until they're gone when you're in a job like mine. I cover every sport in L.A. And it's really weird from baseball to soccer now to football, just how much of what we do and what the way we perceive the game, the way we experience a game is through the window of, of the fan culture and the fan noise and just the 
the obvious things and also the not so obvious things that make a difference. And this is this is unlike any kind of rivalry soccer game we, anybody's ever been to. Obviously, we're sitting here watching this high emotion, high tension game, and the only reaction is the noise on the on the on the speakers, you know. And I think that's a really nice touch, but it's just hard to really get into it the same way that you would in a real life situation in the before times. So it's weird. Has it has the pandemic changed kind of like your relationship with sports at all and kind of like the way you look at it? I know it's obviously affected some of the logistics of your job, but I mean just on like a, a pure like a level of how you kind of connect with these sports that you cover. It has. Like I, it's, I, I live in a state of perpetual sports saturation because I just go from one team to another. I don't have an off season. Yep. And the fact that for a period of two to three months there were no sports going on at all was bizarre to me. That's by far the longest portion of my adult life I spent outside of a sports stadium. Yeah. And uh, it just, it just, it, I, want, I don't want to say it was all bad because there were a lot of great things. I spent a lot of time with my wife. I, you know, mm. I got to read a lot and did a lot of things, but it, it definitely makes you appreciate what you got. I mean, I think right. everybody's experiencing that yeah. on one level or another in all society across the world. That you, you're grateful for things that you take for granted. And, right. you know, part of that is the excitement of sporting competition, which is the main fundamental reason that everybody gets into this job Everybody plays the games. Everybody does all that stuff. You forget about it a little bit when it's when it's uh, taken and when it's taken away from you, it's shoved right back in your face. This is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of strange. I mean, this is my first in-person uh, coverage since the pandemic started today. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these games are so loaded with emotion usually. Yeah. But today feels flat, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we know that the players know that the rivalry game is more important, but yeah. we're not seeing a lot of that, are no. we? Like, no. We're not seeing. We're not seeing the same gusto. Despite everything, uh, looks like Carlos just got hurt. Yeah, now Carlos is hurt himself. Um, you know that that we're used to, you know, yeah. when these two teams meet, and so it's, you know, again, just sort of bringing it back. I know you got to take off, bringing it back to just this particular game. Has this been one of the stranger sports of, of the things you've uh, covered, or has there been something that's kind of? stranger and more jarring. No, absolutely. This is surreal. Yeah. With baseball, I've been going for a few weeks with no fans. That's not as weird to me because I cover spring training a lot, which is often just, you know, 10,000 moderately drunk Scottsdale residents watching, you know, th third string double A guys go yeah. at it, yeah. which is not really passionate. And that, that has a similar vibe now to what's going on down, down in uh, Anaheim and, and at Dodger Stadium. But this one is, is really unusual to me just because it's always such a big deal and this has been a disjointed, choppy game. You can tell the passion is not there. I wasn't at the one in Orlando, obviously, which also didn't look like you know the greatest exemplification of sporting prowess in the world, especially on the Galaxy side in the second half. But uh, this one, I'm just... It, it, the, you have to find a way to play if you're a player beyond what the fans give you. Fans are extremely important. But they can't be the only thing that motivates you. If they are, you see that in certain players who have, are having trouble digging down and finding the rest of it. Whether it's the Angels' closer, Hansel Robles, who's been terrible this year. He says it's because he has trouble getting up to his full ball velocity without fans. There. There's going to be an equivalent of that in, in soccer. You know, guys who don't finish their run at the same speed. You know, guys who, don't, who aren't, who aren't on, the, on the knife's edge of, of intellectual you know, knowledge of, of where i got to be and, and where i got to move. You, you see it in, in a sluggish game. You see it in... A game is a little choppy. Guys are having trouble stringing passes together. Yeah. And you know the guy, the guy who scored the Galaxy's first goal, a 22-year-old guy who scored his first MLS goal. You know he's got, he's fired up for that. You know. Yeah, sure. But where does a guy like Carlos, who's walking off, you know, there might be a little bit of element, an element that he, that veterans can't dig down and get that a 22-year-old 
who's barely played in MLS can still get. So yeah, maybe it's an opportunity for young players to show theirs across the board. Though. Absolutely, yeah. And they're the ones who will be motivated no matter what. They know their jobs are on the line. With with veterans, this is just a weird time. This is just like us. You know, we're just trying to get through this. But yeah. I think I think uh, I think there's something to that of, of put, putting young guys in the lineup and seeing what they can do because they they don't have to worry about whether Ethan Zubak's going to be up for this because of right. course he's going to be up for it. This is the biggest moment of his life. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Greg, thank you for your time. I know you got to run. Um, you, you can follow Greg's stuff. Uh, he, he covers so many sports. I don't even know how many sports you cover, Greg, yeah, but you, like AP. You can follow me on Twitter for one sport and then unfollow me when I start tweeting about a sport you don't care about. I, I get that experience a lot. <laughs> what so, is the Twitter uh, handle, Greg? Greg Beecham, G-R-E-G-B-E-A-C-H-A-M. I tweet about LAFC quite a bit for... Uh, as much as I as much as I possibly can. Yeah, so uh, there you go. let's put it that way. There you go. Check that out. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with you guys shortly with uh, another voice from up here in these strange press boxes. to let you guys hear this real quick the music is off total total silence Bryce Duke Jordan Harvey a couple of other guys are doing sprints Galaxy players walking off the field a couple claps in the distance lot of quiet when I run by the stadium every couple days which I do a lot of my running here because it's so close to my house it's louder I feel like oftentimes in this um, just really really quiet really really funky FCFC Back here, shotgun pod, Dweez, passing by the COVID-19 rapid response unit in the parking lot at lot six, remembering the days of the drums here, remembering when Saman suddenly showed up. Shout out to Slim. We all know how much Slim loves Simon. Um, now it's, yeah, testing, <laughs> testing site. Berg! Uh, right yeah? I heard you, uh, you liked the podcast episode too. Yeah, it was good. I'm going to have you on. Now that, I, now that I know about the Jersey Shore, when you used to wear the Sambos on the Jersey Shore, you know I got to hear the story. At some point, we got to do it. This was really funky, huh? So, so funky. What's up, man? What? Wait, say, say it one more time. I couldn't hear because of the bike. Yeah. Dude, I want both. What would be great is if both of you come on. Because you guys have had, you've had a specific view of all of this. I got the gold ones on today and it didn't work. Hey, you know what? This is a championship season. It's not the regular season we're concerned with. We're, we're concerned with getting that chip, let's be honest. I think this game will help us in the playoffs. I think it will too. Yeah, good to see you guys.
that was a uh, owner, co-owner Larry Bird and his son. They're cruising out of the stadium right now, talking about the the Samba article, talking about the, the shoes. Larry said uh, he didn't, you know, uh, didn't work when he wore the gold Sambas for the result today, but thinks it'll help in the playoffs. It's cool to just have, you know, a rapport with a lot of these guys. I feel like one thing people forget is that the ownership's members of the community too. Um, they care in similar ways that, that all the, the supporters do. His son, Zach, was sort of joking like, hey, we're going to make sure we get him on the podcast too. I don't know if you guys could hear the audio on that. Um, yeah, I'm walking out. Walking out of the stadium right now. Past the COVID, COVID things. Past the law enforcement. It's really, yeah, really surreal.